Amazing, isn't it? Let me pray. Lord, thank you for this incredible, the miracle of Christmas, which is Emmanuel, God with us. Not a distant God, a God who has come near to bring your love and your peace. Oh, Lord, tonight our hearts overflow with thankfulness to you. We want to thank you and worship you with all our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It truly is a miracle, isn't it, that God would come in human flesh, step into the world, and that that very special night when Jesus came literally changed everything for the world. Changed everything. And it took place, that change took place as Jesus transformed literally one life at a time. If you read the Bible, the Gospels, you see that. And the amazing thing is that Jesus continues to transform lives today as well. He hasn't stopped doing that. He continues to do it. And someone who has experienced that in his own life recently is Stefan. And he's come tonight to share his story with you. And so I'd love it if you could make Stefan feel really welcome as he comes to share a little of his story with us tonight. Thank you, Pastor Nathan. Greetings, everyone. And I pray that you have a merry and a blessed Christmas. I'll start with my early life in South Africa. My upbringing was one of privilege not necessarily financially, but growing up in a house filled with faith, love, and care. Mum and Dad supported me and provided me with a great example of faith and action, service, and constant prayer. Aged 17, I nearly lost my life in a youth crash on a dirt or rural dirt road. I was a passenger on the tray of the youth, and I was flung 22 meters in the air before hitting the ground. When mum received the call, she rushed to the hospital as a nurse and joined the emergency team helping to stitch me up in theatre. This proved to be my first real test of my previously unwavering faith. I wondered why the Lord let this happen to me. Everything up to that point had been so easy. I wondered why the Lord didn't take care of me and I blamed him. I'm thankful my parents never stopped praying for me. This ultimately pulled me through and my faith in God took over the doubts in my mind. At the age of 30, I was given a very senior position on a major construction project. Unfortunately, the project was doomed for commercial failure from the start and we were severely understaffed. This led to unmanageable workload, pressure, unhealthy stress levels, poor physical health, poor mental health and anxiety. I was also doing my master's degree. Our two children were born and I was in close proximity to two firearm attacks, one of which I had my eldest daughter in my care and I had to escape to get her to safety. In short, life wasn't going well for me. Sadly, I turned away from God and I relied solely on my own strength. I opted out of my faith and I became agnostic, throwing everything I had at every problem I encountered. I remember coming home one day and feeling all the pressure and being at the end of myself. Full of stress, I punched our brick hallway wall. I'd fractured my hand and wrist. The relentless pressure continued, but they hid the causes of my injury. I couldn't tell anyone, not just about my injury, but that I was breaking inside too. The only thing going for me at the time was my praying wife and parents. 
in the movie Sing, Buster Moon says, when you've reached rock bottom, there's only one way to go, and that's up. What he doesn't say is that you can't do this alone. None of us can. Our families can help us physically and emotionally, but in reality, the greatest help we get is from God. All we need to do is cry out for help, turn to Him, and stop relying on our own strength. I slowly began turning towards God, one step at a time. I began attending church. I began to pray, and every step I took, God was faithful. One day, I was listening to a worship song on YouTube, and as the lyrics spoke of the power of Jesus, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit move upon me. I was experiencing the grace of God and had reconnected with God and His power. God was answering the incessant and persevering prayer of my wife, and God was changing my heart. Things are different now with Jesus. Rather than depending on my own strength, I know I can depend on His. I now pray for my days at work. I pray for the projects I'm working on. I pray for my meetings and I pray for my family. As I call on God, I know I'm not alone and I experience God actively helping me. I recently had a situation at work where faith was required for a tricky situation to be resolved. With the learnings from the past, I realized that there was nothing I could do but pray. And pray I did. While a drawn-out process which tested our collected nerve, the Lord came through in a big way, giving me more than I could hope or pray for. I know that I have been saved, not by my own strength, and I'm constantly thankful for that. I know that my efforts and strength will never be enough, but instead I simply need to surrender my life and will to Jesus, knowing that He's able and that on the cross He has done everything needed for my salvation and to bring me peace. In closing, I'll leave you with one last verse. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This Christmas, I'm so thankful for the power of Jesus and that His peace and changes lives. How amazing is that? This is what Jesus does. This is the difference He makes. This is the peace He brings. Pastor David's going to come and share a brief message with us tonight. So I'd love if you could make David fruitly welcome as he comes to share with us as well. That'd be great. Thank you, Nathan. It is good to be here. And, you know, just um, listening to Stefan's story and what God's done in and through his life, is just, uh, it's just amazing, absolutely amazing. And, you know, often you can come and you can hear these stories and think, wow, that's incredible, the transformation that people experience. And you can just sort of think, oh, maybe he just does it in, you know, Stefan's life and just certain people's lives. But what we've heard tonight, and I know many of you could testify to this, that he changes and transforms any person's life. And so you come and maybe you don't come regularly to church or tonight's your uh, first time in a long time. 
Uh, but I want you to know tonight so clearly that this is the true message of Christmas, that, that a saviour has been born for all people and that he can change and transform any life. He can change and transform your life if you're willing. It is an extraordinary message. And, you know, as I was just kind of contemplating and thinking about this over the last few days, I couldn't help but think, actually, well, you know, in the lead up to Christmas, it's actually a really busy time, isn't it? Such a busy season and there's heaps of things to do. And, you know, I know for us, even with our little kids, you know, recently we went lights looking and look at all the different lights. We had our Christmas lights here uh, as the church over a few nights. You may have come uh, to them. Maybe that's why you're here tonight, because you thought I'll come back to a service and so, you know, there's the lights looking, but of course, then there's the present shopping, and shopping can be a busy time. Now, I, I need to confess, I literally have nearly bought, actually, I shouldn't even say, no, I've nearly bought no presents. My wife has bought them all. She's a saint, absolute saint. Actually, I bought one. I, no, I should say I bought one. That was hers. Uh, I bought hers. I couldn't get her to buy her own presents. So, uh, but, um, but, I, I, I'm a, but that can be busy. Like it can be full on, you know, buying presents and what am I going to get people and all that sort of stuff. And then it's the getting together and the opening of presents and getting together with family and the food at Christmas time. I mean, it can actually be a really busy season. And I was just contemplating about that because as I looked and the busyness of everything that's going on, I realized that the very heart of why, you know, what Christmas is really about can so easily be lost. The very reason for the season, so to speak, can be, can be lost in the midst of the busyness. And the very heart of what Christmas is all about, is about, as we've sung tonight, as we've heard tonight, as Stefan has shared and testified to the goodness of this, this message, the heart of Christmas is about a saviour that's been born for humanity, so that humanity can have a relationship with a father, heavenly father, a God that loves you and has a great plan and purpose for you. That's the message of Christmas. That's the real heart behind why we celebrate, because this is really good news. Like, it's really good news. If you feel hopeless, if you feel lost, if you feel uncertain, if you've ever said, I need a fresh start, I need a new beginning, listen carefully because this is great news. This is what he offers. This is what he brings. The, the real reason and the heart behind Christmas is not the presence, although that may be fun and enjoyable. It's not getting together with family, although that's really important. Don't hear me wrong on that. These are all good things. But the real message of Christmas is a saviour that's been born for you and for me. A saviour that eventually dies for our sins so that we can experience life and freedom. And maybe you've never heard it before or maybe you heard it many years ago when you did Sunday school and you thought, I'll just, I'll just go to a service again. I haven't been for many years. Or maybe you got dragged along kicking and screaming. But this is good news. It really is. Extraordinary news. You know, I shared this a few, a uh, couple of weeks ago, I think, when I was preaching in the morning. But, uh, you know, John 3.16 is such a, a, a common known verse. Uh, and, it's, and people might say, oh, it's one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Now, now, the Bible is God's inspired word. Every verse is so powerful. But John 3.16 encompasses the heart of God, the character of God, the very essence of what we celebrate this very Christmas. Many of you will know this verse, but as someone shared with me a couple of weeks ago why it's the greatest verse as it was broken down, I just thought that's so powerful. And I know I shared it a couple of weeks ago, but it's worth, it's worth repeating. John 3.16, many of you will be familiar. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. This is the very reason we celebrate this Christmas season, that God gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him won't perish, 
shall not perish but have eternal life. The certainty of something more than just this life. And to break those verses down, it's so powerful. This is why it's one of the greatest verses in God's word. For God, the greatest lover, so loved to the greatest degree, the world, the greatest number of people, that he gave the greatest act anybody could ever do, his one and only son, the greatest gift anybody could receive. Uh, that whoever, the greatest invitation, believes the greatest simplicity, in him, the greatest person, shall not perish the greatest deliverance, but have the greatest certainty, eternal life, the greatest possession. This is extraordinary news. And you see, as you break it down, you realize this is, this is extraordinary. This is, the, this is a great message. This is a great Bible verse. Extraordinary. It changes everything. And tonight, we've already heard that being testified as Stefan shared about what God has done in and through his life. But you know, that can be for you also. I just believe it. Like, I just know. I just believe it from the bottom of my heart. I, I don't just share. I don't just do this or work for a church because it's like, oh, you know, it's something to do. I do it because it's the overflow of my heart. I know this is true. I know this can change your life. I know you can experience fullness of life in him. I know it. But it's more than just hearing about it. It's more than just going, oh, maybe that would be a great idea. There's a point where you come to a place where you go, okay, maybe I need to explore this for myself. An encounter with him personally. For God, the greatest lover. You see, for many of you, and I know, you know, even back on the building site days, I would invite people to come to church, and it's that, it's that old saying, mate, there's no way I could step into the church. Like, there's just no way. I mean, the church would fall in, and you don't know what my background's like. You don't know what I've done, and all those sorts of things. And I get that. There's that sense of, like, I mean, let's be honest. Every single one of us knows we've fallen short of perfection, right? Like, like we know, because it's like, we just know. Have you ever done something, and there's just something in you, it's like that sense of guilt, or that sense of like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You just know that you just didn't do the right thing. We fall short of the glory of God. My kids, uh, you know, we, we run Connect Group at our house every week and often we'll have chocolates or biscuits or something just for Connect Group and, you know, maybe a box of favourites. And, you know, it's fascinating because we put these favourites out and then, you know, not all of them get eaten, so we just put them back for next week. I swear, you know, they're not like, like months old, like, you know. Uh, but we put them back in the box. And, but, but it's amazing because we have to buy more anyway because that box would empty on its own. I mean, like we'd never, we wouldn't eat them and that box was fat, it just emptied and we could never, what's going on here? But our kids, they're, you know, six and four and uh, one and a half and our kids would sometimes get up before us and they would go downstairs on their own. And I wondered why the pantry, you know, my, my pantry shelving is all bowed uh, because I realized the kids climb the pantry shelves and they get into everything, you know what I mean? And, and, and we never found any evidence of these chocolates being eaten. But I swear, I don't know how long, but I swear maybe a month or two months later, one day my wife said, you wouldn't believe it. We have these kind of little baskets sort of set up in the pantry that has, you know, holds all the jars and things all neatly. One day she just happened to move and the basket kind of shifted to the side and underneath this basket was mountains and mountains of eaten chocolate wrappers that were hidden under these baskets. 
You see, they, they switched on because we discovered that, that if they came in and ate the chocolates, they'd put the rubbish in the bin, but we would naturally see it when we put something in the bin. And so they realized they needed to hide the evidence. And so they'd hid it under these baskets. And so they know, now why did they do that? Why, why would they hide the evidence? It's because they know deep down they've done something wrong. In the same way we know when we've done something wrong, there's that guilt within in us. And we think, oh, and it's the very reason why maybe for you, you don't, you don't want to come to church. You don't, you don't want to maybe explore this God because you feel like, I know I'm not perfect. I know if he's a good God and he's, you know, and, and, and he's a perfect God, then surely he couldn't accept me. But, it, but that's the amazing thing that he loves you. He loves you and he wants a relationship with you. You say, oh, but you don't know what I've done and my background. Despite all of that, he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. He loves you and he wants a relationship with you. For God so loved. He's the greatest lover. The greatest lover. He loves you and he wants a relationship with you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It's the greatest gift that anybody could give. You see, it's one thing to kind of give up, you know, something for somebody else, but to, to give up, to lay down your life. The Bible talks about the Son of Man laid down his life for you and for me so that we wouldn't have to experience death and separation from God for all eternity, which would be horrific, horrific. But he gave up his only son to die in our place so that we could experience freedom and life to its fullness here and now and for, uh, after death also. Now this, I get it, this may seem crazy or absurd or out there, but, but this is the message, this is the good news of God, that he loved us so much that he was willing to give up his only son. You know, a few months ago, um, I was just playing a game of golf with a friend of mine, or, and, and he brought a couple of other guys along as well, and we had these golf carts and uh, golf buggies. And, and we were in one, my mate and I were in one golf buggy, and uh, a couple of other guys were in the other one and we drove to the first tee off and the two other guys kind of went through a section I don't think they were meant to go through and they kind of, I think, scraped the buggy or made a bit of a noise or sort of jumped over a rock or something like that and we didn't quite see it. And, and uh, anyway, we went to the first tee off and next minute this, this buggy comes flying towards us and we're thinking, oh, what's going on here? Are they obviously eager to tee off or something? What's the go here? But, but it was one of the guys from the, the pro shop and he comes flying over and all of a sudden, he just starts ripping into my mate who was with me and my buggy and just saying, you know, I saw what happened back there and you scraped the buggy and these are brand new buggies. And he started laying it out. And I mean, saying words that I certainly shouldn't say in church and, you know, just absolutely just laying it out to my mate. And I thought, man, this is like, and my mate just took it. And I, I remember thinking, gosh, that's a pretty good effort. Like I would have just said, no, no, it's these guys here. Like they did it. But he just took it all on. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a... Um, you know, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty big thing to do. But to, to go to the point of laying down your life, like to the point of death, is huge. The Bible indicates that this is exactly what Christ has done for you and for me. There's a story of a man by the name of Maximus um, Colby. And he was in a concentration camp. And uh, he was a, a prisoner of war in a concentration camp. And on one particular occasion, uh, a, a, um, a prisoner had gone missing or had escaped. And the officers that were looking after this concentration camp basically said, for every person that uh, escapes, 10 will be killed in his place. They looked for this uh, prisoner. They couldn't find him. And so the officers dragged 10 men out uh, to kill them, to take their lives. And as they dragged one man out, 
Uh, he cried out for mercy. He said, please, please don't take my life. I have a wife and kids at home. Please don't take my, uh, please don't take my life. And he begged for mercy. Very rarely would you see mercy in these types of concentration camps. But there was another man that was uh, not dragged out to be part of the ten. But another man heard this man crying out for mercy and he stepped forward and said, I will take that man's place. And he stepped forward and remarkably the soldiers accepted that and that man was uh, let free. And Maximus Colby stood in his place and he ended up dying in place of this man. And he became a hero in this concentration camp and was renowned. And even to this very day, we still talk about this man who gave up his life for somebody else. But you know, this is the gospel. This is what Jesus has done for you and for me, laying down his life so that we could experience life and freedom. You see, for God so loved that he gave, so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It's an extraordinary gift. You know, Martin Luther says this, this is confronting, but it's, it's challenging. Martin Luther says, either sin is with you, lying on your shoulders, or it's lying on Christ. Now, if it's lying on your back, you are lost. But if it's resting on Christ, you are free and you will be saved. Now, choose what you want. That's challenging, but it's true. And tonight, you have an opportunity to choose what you want to do. You can accept Christ and say, okay, I'm not too sure all about this, but I'd be willing to give it a go. Or you can turn away and say, no, I don't want a bar of this. And you've got a free choice, an absolutely free choice to do what you want because it's a free gift. You don't need to pay it back. It's a free gift. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The certainty that there is something more after this life is extraordinary. You know, even just recently at Connect Group, we were just chatting about, you know, life and chatting about death and chatting about heaven. And it's an extraordinary thing to have an absolute certainty of knowing where you're going in this short life, a vapor of a life the Bible talks about. And even, even in the midst of this Connect Group as we're chatting, and, and there's a certainty for me of knowing where I'm going, but as we chatted and we talked about the, the time of eternity, like we live this life, what, 70, 80, maybe 90 years, and it goes so quick, but eternity in heaven, if, if, if that's what we choose. I mean, it, it is such a long time, and we just, have you, I mean, have you ever contemplated the length of eternity, like 100 million years, like, and what are we, like, are we still, like, it's just, it's just huge. And in some respect, it can be scary. I mean, when I was younger, I was terrified of dying because of the uncertainty. And here, this Bible, this passage is extraordinary. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life in God. That's the choice we have. You know, it's Catherine Marshall that says, God is the only one who can make the valley of trouble a door of deliverance. He is our answer. So let's not be mistaken this Christmas about, I, I, I get it, you know, we'll open presents and we'll get together with family and we'll eat food and all those sorts of things. But the very heart and the very reason of Christmas is not just about those things, but the very heart and reason of it is a saviour that was born so that people wouldn't perish, so that we could experience life and freedom. And if there's one thing that God just laid on my heart, that maybe tonight you come and maybe you've just thought to yourself, I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. I need a new life. 
The message of Christmas is this, that the Savior has come so that you can experience that. You can experience new life in Him and experience freedom that you, your soul so desperately desires. Experience freedom in Him. You can do that and you can choose that. As Martin Luther says, as I just read before, Martin Luther says, make your choice. You can choose that very thing this very night. Father God, we thank you for your word. And I just know that there's some here now in this very moment. They know deep down. They've said those words, I need a fresh start, a new life, a new beginning. And in you, there is hope of that. In you, there is new life. The old has passed away. And we just thank you, Father God, that we can come to you regardless of our background, regardless of what we've done. We can come to you and say, God, take control of my life. Give me a fresh start. If that's you tonight, you'll know who you are. But in your head and in your heart, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer to say, God, I want that. You can just pray this prayer. Dear God, I want to thank you for the message, the true message of Christmas. I want to thank you for Jesus and what he did for me, dying on the cross for my sins. I want to surrender my life tonight. I want you to be Lord and Savior in my life. Take control right now from this moment on. Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I recognise that this message is a message that for many of us we've heard many times before. But I just want to pray a fresh great God that you continue to give us the, the wonder, the amazement, the extraordinary understanding of this good news, great God, and how it changes and transforms our lives. We thank you for this message. And as we celebrate this Christmas and even tomorrow, I pray that we'll be reminded and be grateful and thankful for all that you've done for us so that we could know life and life to the full. We love you, God, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, David, so much for sharing. If you prayed that prayer tonight, or you've got questions, you want to know more about who Jesus is, what church is all about, we'd love to help you on that journey. One of the ways you can do that is by coming along to the Alpha course we run here at the church. Millions of people around the world have done this course, found it very helpful. There's a QR code on your screen if you're online in here in the auditorium as well. You can scan that. We have some little Alpha cards as you leave tonight with some information. Just grab that, take that with you. But we'll be running one of those in the new year. Be welcome to come along. And if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible as a gift this Christmas. Hopefully there's still a few left around. We've given away hundreds over this Christmas time. We'd love just to give that to you. If we've run out, we'll get your details. We'll send one to you as a gift from us. We're going to finish with one final carol. It's a very special carol, O Holy Night. And the team are going to come and lead us in this. And so let's give thanks with all of our hearts tonight for this good news of Christmas. Let's stand together as the team lead us in this beautiful carol, O Holy Night. Let's worship Him together.
Holy One, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you've done everything, Lord. Thank you that you've made a way. And so, Lord, our heart's response is just to worship you tonight in the fullness of all your majesty, your splendor, your glory. Thank you, Lord, that when you came to this earth, when you died on that cross, that you rose again, Lord, that you're alive tonight. You're here with us by your Holy Spirit. And so we just want to say thank you, Lord, with all of our hearts this Christmas. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we thank Beck and the team for leading us in that beautiful carol? Wasn't that amazing? Wow. So special.
I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and on behalf of all of us here at Bridgman, we pray God's special blessing for you over this season. May you be so aware of his nearness and his love. And the good news of Christmas, the, the angels announced it, that this is good news of great joy. And so we want to make sure we finish tonight on a note of joy and celebration. And if there are still some kids awake tonight, ready for their gifts in the morning, ready for Christmas tomorrow, then we have something special for you. We have some the bubbles from Christmas lights. If you remember them, they're going to come down from the sky. So come on down in the aisles on each side, each of these aisles over here. If you come on over, because during this last celebration carol the bubbles are going to come down you can get amongst it so let's sing this last one together Um, let's thank the team one more time and then we're going to celebrate sing noel let's do this together
Let's put our hands together tonight as we give thanks for our Saviour and our King. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I will mention too that they have put up a, a live stream of our Lights program. If you want to watch that or share that with others as well, don't forget as well those Bibles are available at the back, the Alpha cards. But God bless you and have a very Merry Christmas. so great just to be able to worship together in our Christmas service and uh, our prayer as a church is that you may just be feel blessed and encouraged and that you may know maybe for the first time uh, that Jesus our, our God loves you and is for you and even if you're in a season where you are carrying a lot of burden the Bible actually says that he, he dwells in those trenches with us he draws near to the broken heart and so I want you to know as part of our online church, uh, that we are praying for you over this Christmas season. And I want to invite you uh, as well. If you want to know more about Jesus, uh, I want to invite you to email the church at hello at bridgman.org.au. And one of our team members, or if you want a phone call, I will personally call you or, or one of our other pastoral carers. And we'd love to journey that journey with you as well. If you want prayer, you can email prayer at bridgman.org.au. And there's a team that's constantly praying. We're a praying church because we love to surrender ourselves before God. We know there is much power when we pray as well. And so we pray that you have a, a wonderful, wonderful Christmas together as well. Now, for the next two weeks as an online church, we're going to take a break just so our team can spend time with family and rest up as well so then we can launch into next year as well. But the other thing, and a QR code will come up on the bottom of the screen now, you, if you've missed uh, our Lights program, uh, well, the team has gone and produced that and they've put that together. And you can go on that QR code and that will actually take you to the YouTube uh, stream of that. I want to encourage you to do that or share it because uh, there's a beautiful part in that where we get to hear the heartbeat of the gospel and how Jesus loves us. And so we pray you have a Merry Christmas. Now, one last shout out. And uh, that is for one of our production teams. Uh, that is Trent. It is his birthday today. And so we want to wish him a, I was going to say a Merry Christmas. That too, but a happy birthday. Him and his wife, Jesse, do such an amazing job behind the scenes as well. And so happy birthday, mate. Well, Merry Christmas. God bless and we just invite you anytime, if you're in the area, to come to church with us and join this beautiful community. God bless. Merry Christmas.